Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thank you to Encyclopedia for the previous hour of broadcasting. Hello all, you're listening to Kurini Air on FreeCR 855 AM. This is Frank speaking and I'll be co-hosting with Iris. Say hello, Iris. Hello. How you doing? Okay. Cool. Um, first of all, I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land, which we transmit people-powered radio. Sovereignty was never ceded. Today on the show we have two guests, Amber Is Blue and Bailey Rose, and we'll be back with those guests after some music. Stay tuned. Today we have a special guest on. Uh, their name is Amber Blue. They are a zine maker based in Melbourne. Uh, they've made many zines, uh, including Fully Sick, Chronically Sad, They Slash Them, and My Life with BPD, and they also run a few workshops in the city. Um, so... Yeah, um, and also just a trigger warning because there will be talk of mental illness on today's show. So, hi Amber, welcome to FreeCR. Hi, thank you very much for having me. No problem. Um, so, just to start off, it's a bit cliche, but we find that it's the best way to introduce guests here on uh, on Crew in the Air. Um, how did you get started into making zines? Like, what was uh, what was the thing that inspired you to get into them? Um, I started making art as a mindful exercise after getting the suggestion from my psychologist. And, like, you know, mindfulness, it always sounds like, you know, a bit crap. But it, like, really helps you. And I wanted to depict my mental illness and the things I was struggling with in a way that was accessible to my friends. And after solidifying my style and gaining confidence, I started posting art online and I got reactions that I wasn't expecting because mental illness tells you that you're all alone and that nobody feels like you do. But when I started posting my art on Instagram, I realized that I wasn't alone. So I got into like zine making when I had like a lot of like a significant amount of work. And um, I was inspired by by my friend Ziggy, who um, is baby with an owl gun and I was like I could make a zine so I made a zine and it was a lot of fun so I just kept making zines nice um yeah like um one of uh, a great quote of yours on your Instagram profile that I really like is oversharing and stigma it's sort of a mantra I believe in as someone that does sort of um uh undergo mental illness it's something that's really important to sort of um let people know that um you know we're not alone is this is this a mantra that is informed in your zines Uh, Yeah, really strongly, like, to me, it's not really oversharing anymore. It's just being, like, myself. But at the start, it was, like, oversharing because I was really uncomfortable with any sort of communication and sharing. But now I feel like when people ask you, how do you feel? You can go, I don't feel well today. I feel depressed, you know. And so you can't, like, say that to, like, a normal person, quotation marks, because they'll look at you weird, you know. But it would really, like, benefit society if everyone could just be honest about the way they feel and um, erase the stigma around mental illness entirely. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I've explored in my own work. I, I tend to sort of express it in the form of, um, in the form of story. Um, with, with, with you expressing mental illness in your work, um, is it... 
is it a difficult process to do so that like um but is it also cathartic to to express yourself in 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 that way i think at the start it was difficult but it's it's not anymore um it it was cathartic at the start to um i guess it still is it's like when people like oh i relate to this it was like such a relief I never ever thought that anyone felt the way that I felt. And when people said, I feel the same way, it was just a huge moment of relief and connection that I will always feel grateful for. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's 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 always a good feeling, like knowing that um, you've re- you've managed to reach out to people with your with your art, and that others um, you know others others feel the same way um is that is that like a is that the main goal of 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 your work to help other people in in need oh yeah definitely um also i like it wouldn't be bad to make a lot of money but (laughs) i hear that (laughs) um because like like i can't really work like nine to five so like art is like what i have so like if i could be successful at it that would be good but just to have one person message you like thanks for this or you know i relate to this or you know this is important thank you for like making it it's it's a real compliment and yeah that's a good reason when i um i ran this art exhibition in May, I think it was this year, called Raising Stigma, where we, where I had a group of artists and we, oh, sorry, I have a lot of pauses. Um, That's okay. (laughs) And theme was Raising Stigma and um, it was just a really beautiful, beautiful exhibition, like, and we raised, like, the topic was, like we tried to raise stigma around gender and sexuality and body image and mental illness and it was just a really beautiful experience and I and just stuff like that where you can just be like this is just who I am and there's no stigma around it I don't see why there even is stigma like as long as you're not hurting one anyone like just just get over just get over it yeah, I, I I definitely definitely agree agree with that. Um, yeah, it's 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 a very um, yeah, it's it's a very rewarding process to sort of like help reduce the the stigma and the the per- perception of um, gender diverse people, um, not just in this country but but in the world. Um, so I wanted to talk about uh, your zine, they them uh, coming to terms with my gender identity. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Okay, well. I wrote um, this scene, Ugly, a while ago, which was massively long, hugely hard to write. I got really, really sick, both physically and mentally. Oh, no. And I finished it and I had a launch for it, but it wasn't really a celebration. It was just a big downer. And then after that, I took a break and I went to visit my nan and it was just really lovely. And because at the time before I left, I was like, I'm never making another zine again. And I quit (laughs) and I just had the best time up there and it was so like wholesome and lovely 
And then I got back and I pretty much made that zine straight away. And I feel so much better since coming back. And so when I made that zine, I was kind of... I wanted to explain, to, of course, to explain to like people, but also try and explain to myself like, like my gender issues were always there and that that it was okay and to help other people because it sold pretty well too and so like if by me going this is what I experienced someone going hey I experienced that too and maybe that can help them mm. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I do understand what you mean. Mm. Um, yeah, um, so uh, on to uh, some more lighter stuff. Uh, you did a fanzine on Murder, She Wrote, if, if I presume correctly. Yeah, Murder, She Wrote, yeah. Cool. Uh, it was, uh, was it Murder, She Zined? Is that, is yeah. that it? Cool. Um, yeah, tell us, uh, tell us something about that. I'm not particularly familiar with Murder, She Wrote, but um, I'm always interested to see zines on like various various topics like that. Okay, it's super niche. Um, <laughs> I love Murder She Wrote. It's like a TV show from the eighties and the nineties, and it had Jess and it had Angela Lansbury in it, who played Jessica Fletcher, who was this detective. She wasn't even a detective. She was just this old woman who solved murders, <laughs> and there was like hundreds of episodes, but and there was always a murder, and nobody ever like brought up the fact that like, why are all these murders happening when you're around? <laughs> It was super suspicious. But she always solved the murders in, like, this huge elaborate fashion where she'd be, like, one-on-one with the killer and then she'd be like, no, it was you, I know, because of these reasons. And then be like, and then they'd be like, oh, I'm going to kill you now. And then the cops would show up and save her. But I wrote Murder, She's Eaten because I was just... I was like super into murder she wrote and I just bought the DVDs because they were expensive. They were like 50 bucks. And so I just watched them and me and my friend Shelly were watching them together. And so I was like, I'm going to make a fanzine about it. And when I finished it, <laughs> like everyone really liked it, <laughs> which was like a big surprise because I didn't think anyone would like it. And uh, people still, still like it. Um, I got reviewed on a blog some blogs um one lady was like and my cat liked it too and i was like that's cute <laughs> cool yeah like um i yeah like i said before i don't really know a lot about murder she wrote but i do remember back when i was on twitter there was this uh there was this page where like murder she wrote screen caps were used for like I get well. I guess used as memes, like so. I was like, you know, that thought when you know someone makes a cup of tea and adds the milk first, and then the tea, and then you'd see a, a picture of Angela Lansbury looking shocked. Mm. Are, are, are you familiar with that? Yeah. Also, I don't know what the words were. Like it was like name a more iconic duo our way, and it was Jessica Fletcher and Magnum PI. Mm. Yeah. That was funny. I was like, I get that reference. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I um. I I, tr- I was inspired to make one based on uh, Dorothy's Bornak by from the Golden Girls. Mm. Kinda didn't really take off. I yeah, like you know. Golden Girls too. Yeah, yeah, I I, I live by the gold, Golden Girls. Um, uh, yeah, Dorothy's Bornak is my patroness, so <laughs> <laughs> I base everything I do do on her. Um, cool. Um, so uh, you run a podcast. Uh, is it 
DIY or Die podcast. Yeah, DIY or Die podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I'm assuming that's got to do with like self-publishing and like working and sort of like you know making zines and stuff. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Okay. Me and my friend Shelly were like, <laughs> we're gonna run a podcast and do it ourselves, and then we were like, yeah. So we have like maybe like seven or eight episodes. We haven't done it for a while, but it was a lot of fun to be like saying that you're gonna do something and then actually do it. And so it's about DIY and obviously like, so like zines, DIY music, because Shelly's in a band called Wayshit, wayshit.bandcamp.com. And that's a, that's a plug. And um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with plugs, we're all about that here. <laughs> and um, Shelly's really good. Shelly's really smart. Shelly knows everything. Shelly is really good at plants. So there's a lot of stuff about propagating plants. Stuff about upcycling things, stuff about ways to reduce your plastic. Like every episode has a topic and I think is a good podcast. My sister, she refuses to listen to it, but I think that's just her being mean to me. She's always like, I'm bored. I'm like, well, listen to my podcast. And she's like, no. And I'm like, I think it's out of spite now. Yeah, I have the same sort of relationship with my with my brother with um my comics. He's just always complaining like, "Oh, I've got nothing to read." It's like, read my comics. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> "Cool." Um, yeah, I, I'll definitely I'll definitely have to uh, check out that that podcast. Oh, really... we talk a lot about mental illness and stuff on there too. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, it's um yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. Um, so you run a you run a few uh, zine workshops. Uh, I've I've been meaning to get to them myself. Like I see them all the time on your Instagram and and Facebook and and whatnot. So um, what are what are those uh, involve and how often do you have the workshops? Um, I have them once a month at IRL Info Shop in Footscray. They are really really nice to me, and it's a really really uh-huh. beautiful space, and I really appreciate them, like letting me use it. Um, the next one's on the eighteenth of November. And they're really chill, like people just come and we just like make zines. I teach people who have never heard of zines before how to make a one-page zine. But then other people, like my friend Ziggy comes and like she'll work on something that she's already started. And like that's what I'll do. Um, my boyfriend Michael, he like, he like makes heaps of them, heaps of little zines during the workshop. And... Um, Sometimes little kids come and it's really cute. <laughs> it's just really chill. Like there's no pressure or anything. Hmm, that's that's really nice. I'm I'm always about like encouraging people to make more zines, to just get more involved in self publishing. So that yeah, that sounds really great that you're doing that. That's a yeah really commendable thing. I really on it, it costs a gold coin donation, but all donations go to the info shop. And I just really wanted like for there to be like no pressure and to make no one feel bad or like to feel like lonely like we all talk and it's just a chill time anxiety free nice yeah <laughs> cool um so i i just wanted to talk about um the the horror trivia that you run because yeah. i'm definitely very i'm definitely very excited about that um the the guest that i uh, we interviewed last month uh, emily hearn is is big into horror you, you might have heard of them they're um emily never yes yeah they're they're really yeah she's really great yeah really great i really gotta buy those zines the next time i get paid so it's so beautiful mm. the october 
one yeah October, that that we... was great we, we we talked all about that on the last show it was uh, pretty pretty exciting we made a little sort of like a halloween kind of thing um yeah like yeah because um yeah me and emily were, were speaking about it and we really want to go to the the horror, horror trivia i think it's on the first of december yeah. so yeah tell us tell us some more about that okay um it's on the first of december it's at um the info shop again it will cost a gold coin donation going to the info shop and we're gonna have a powerpoint Ooh, with pictures <laughs> and i was writing questions and it's gonna be good it was hard to think of some questions because I was, like, writing some and then Michael was, like, they're really hard. And I was, like, but I would know these, you know. Like, I'm super, super into it. And because um, I was, like, I definitely want to run a trivia night because I like trivia nights. And then I was, like, what topic? And then we're, like, horror because we love horror. Hmm. So, like, is there a certain, like, time period of horror it's going to be based on? Is it, like, 70s and 80s, 30s and 40s, modern, all, all of it? Yeah, all of it. It's going to have categories like slasher, oh, cool. um, classics, monsters, and then, like, various levels of, like, hardness. Like, five questions and, like, one's the easiest and five's the hardest. Hmm. And prizes. Nice. Cool. I'll, I'll definitely let Emily know about all that just so we can be nice and prepared to <laughs> answer all the questions. Uh, yeah, but that sounds uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Um, so uh, just to finish off, um, whereabouts uh, whereabouts online can we uh, buy your zines and, and stuff? Do you have social media links? Uh, yeah, I'm on Etsy. Um, all my links are in my bio on my Instagram um, at Amber is Blue. And um, I also have Facebook, and that's Amber is Blue too. Yep. Oh, and um, on the 25th of November, I'm going to be at a market at the Rev. Oh, cool. I was actually going to ask you if you had any events to promote, so that's perfect timing. Yep. Cool. Um, Amber, thank you so much for being on the show. You've been an absolute delight. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll be right back uh, after this. And you're tuned to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris, and I'm here with Frank, and also Bailey Rose is here. How are you? Can you hear us? Good. Um, just How are by, you? I'm okay. Just by way of an introduction, dancer Bailey Rose began exploring her gender identity and the way our bodies are governed by society through choreography. As a young gender non-conforming trans woman of colour, Bailey Rose has a, has recently choreographed a piece that encapsulates the idea of gender. Sex and Love on ABC iView. She is driven by her experience and the injustice she and her friends go through as young queer people navigating through life. The show Lou Lawl's Drag Race, she debuted in for Fringe Festival, won the award Best Emerging Artist, where Bailey Rose, this is a quote from The Age, Bailey Rose's saucy strip cheese elicits howls and cheers from the sold-out crowd. And a quote from Bailey, um... My goal is to show the beauty of diversity and to question gender norms. Um, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Um, how about we start with Blue Wall's Drag Race, which I must say was a f- favourite show of mine at Fringe. It challenged oppression through drag. It was very funny and expertly choreographed and like very hot, as that quote from The Age highlighted. Um, what was the show like for you? Um, I had so much fun being on Lou World's Drag Race. Um, the cast was so talented. Our director, 
Sarah Lou was so, so talented. She is probably one of my favorite drag queens and comedian songwriter. And I just had a blast working with so many beautiful, talented, gender diverse people. Yeah. Yeah, it was really an amazing show. Um, and I thought it was like really good how everyone involved challenged some of the problems with some of drag and tackled issues of injustice. Could you comment on that? Yeah, so the main idea around New World's Drag Race was to combat things that we experience from our day-to-day lives, whether it's in drag, out of drag, in relationships, how society perceives us, um, working through misogyny, toxic masculinity, racism. And it was just very therapeutic to be on stage surrounded by people who understood, wanted to learn more, wanted to be there and to perform alongside so so many beautiful, talented individuals. Yeah, it was... was yeah, such a good show, and it's the kind of thing that like left me wanting more because it was so good. Um, you've also appeared in Unboxed, um, which is also an ABC iView that also screened yesterday at the Tilda Trans and Gender Diverse Film Festival. Um, could you tell our listeners about your experiences with Unboxed? Um, it was the first time I choreographed for TV um, and it was something that I had full creative freedom on which was amazing mm. to be able to share my story and have it performed in a space where art and people really collide at the NGV and also to have the opportunity to have my voice and hopefully inspire more young people in our community to act up and be out there and be visible and to create more work because we are all so talented and we deserve the space to create and to be seen and to be heard. So it was just amazing to be a part of something so beautiful. Yeah, it was, yeah, so beautiful and it's, yeah, so impressive and yeah, I heard yesterday it took you three months to come up with that choreography. Yeah, it did. It was um, painstaking. I'm glad that I had beautiful dancers that I've, I was studying with and I've, that are friends of mine and to have a cellist that was willing to work with me to compose the music for the piece and to have NGV on board to let us uh, to use the space, which was so beautiful. Um, and to have Sam, our director, be there and allow me to have free reign of what I wanted to do and what I wanted to share with the world. Yeah, amazing. Um... Is it true you're only 21? At the time, I was 21. Okay. I am now 23. 
Um, it was filmed now two years ago. Two years ago. Um, yeah. Well, two and a bit. Well, a year and a bit. I was about to turn 22 when we were filming. Um, but yeah, I'm 23. I live here in Melbourne. Um, I came from Newcastle, New South Wales, and started training here full-time dance. And now I'm doing burlesque and choreographing still and creating art. So just trying to live that, live the life, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I saw, yeah, um, I saw your performance at the Cocoa Butter Club where you did a really risque, amazing burlesque <laughs> performance. Um, can you tell us a bit about getting into burlesque? Um, I got into burlesque because um, of my burlesque mum, a friend of mine, Miss Cairo. Um, oh, Miss, she's from uh, London. Oh, yeah. I know Miss Cairo. Shout out oh to Miss Cairo. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Miss Cairo, my burlesque mum. She is amazing, um, such a talented individual. Yeah. And my cousin, he his partner is the Bathsheba, which is a Melbourne drag queen, asked me to perform at the, it was um, Bjork's Ball, the Bjork Ball mm. that he produced. And I performed and then he asked me to do another one and Cairo suggested that I do a burlesque number and she helped me with my piece and ever since then I've fallen in love with the art of the teeth. So loving it. I'm loving owning my body and not being sorry for how my body looks like and not being sorry about being sexual and owning my my free spirit and my love of performance and my love of being a being a queen like it's so much fun to be up on stage yeah that all comes through like so well um <laughs> in your performances um Thank also, you. so wondering what challenges you encounter in um, the performance work you do? Um, the biggest challenge for me is not getting in my head about what my body looks like. Mm. Um, I've struggled with like body dysmorphia for a long time and I tend to compare my body to other people's um, it's not mentally great. So I work through that all the time. I try to be as positive as I can, but um, the reality is sometimes it gets a lot. But when I'm on the stage and when I'm up there, I forget it all. I, I have so much fun. Uh, even if I like slip and fall, I'll still have fun with it. Like at Coco Butter, yeah, I, yeah. I slipped on my dress and I just like added more to it. I made it a little yeah. bit more humorous. Um, but yeah, it's when I'm up there, I, I'm having the time of my life. I'm loving every moment of it. And it really is something that I 
want to continue doing and really is like the air that I breathe performance is my air. Like I need it. Yeah. Definitely hope you get all the air. <laughs> Thank you. In the future. Um, you're involved with um, Melbourne Music Week and the Heaps Gay Night, which has like a stellar lineup of artists that's very long, which is on November the 16th. Could you tell us about that and what you're going to do on that night? Um, I'll be performing on the main stage, which is inside Acme around 1 p.m. 1 a.m. Um, and then there's also the the Fed Square stage for Heaps Gay as well, and there's performances throughout that night. I'll be roving, go-go dancing mm-hmm. through the night, and then I'll be doing a sultry burlesque number, doing some... I, I won't reveal what song yeah. I'm doing, but it'll be a... It'll be a hoot. I cannot wait to show more of Melbourne what I have to offer. Um, Heaps Gay is in partnership with Cocoa Butter, which is how I became on board through Danny mm-hmm. asking yep. me to be a part of the Heaps Gay, which is amazing. Um, shout out to Cocoa Butter. Yep, shout out. Doing ev- yep, everything for the Indigenous and people of colour. I'm loving what they're doing. It's just so amazing and all, there's more performances to come so yeah yeah it sounds like it'll be a, like an epic night um, mm. yeah definitely listeners interested should check that out um, Is do you have any other things in the works? Um, I will be performing in midsummer with the beautiful Mama Alto oh amazing for gender euphoria so i'm very excited for that um i've also got an art exhibition coming out for melbourne midsummer as well and i might be appearing in Glitterfest. but if i don't everyone should still go and support Glitterfest. fest doing amazing things that'll be at the spiegel tent um so yeah i'm doing a lot um, I'm really excited. My next big step, personally, for my own development, will be a podcast series and a talk show on YouTube for my hearing impaired people. Um, the podcast will go on YouTube as like a visual as mm. well. So I'm looking forward to doing that next year. Um, very excited for everything that's coming up my way. Um, everything's coming up Millhouse. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Um, oh, this podcast thing, I'm quite interested in that. Are you working on that with this? Yeah, podcast talk show thing. You're working on that with a few other people, or um, um, I'll be the main host, but I'll be interviewing people weekly. Um, also talking about injustice, Mm. racism, day-to-day struggles, also, like, humorous things, just, like, basically how being an adult, what being an adult means, everything under the sun, partying, careers. I'm also really interested in um, a part of that will be getting to know some people that, 
not many people know are out there. So mm. I'm really, really looking forward to shining a light on our community and hopefully doing more and more as the years come. Yeah, it definitely sounds like something to for listeners to check out next year. I definitely will be checking that out. Um, how, how can people stay in touch with what you're up to? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I am Miss Bailey Rose, and Bailey is spelt weirdly. It's B-A-I-L-E-E. So, yeah, so follow me on Instagram. I pretty much try and stay up to date with everything, but um, I try not to be too self-involved with the gram. But, um, yeah, I always advertise what I'm doing through my Instagram and that's the best way to know what's going on, what I'm doing, and, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, everyone should check out your Instagram. Um, Thanks so much for being on Queering the Air today. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Iris. It's been a pleasure. I'm so excited to just be given this opportunity. I'm over the moon. Thank you. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Um, Have a nice weekend. You too. Bye, Bailey. Bye. Thank you. Thanks. Um, you're tuned in to Querying the Air on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris, and I'm joined with Frank in the studio. Um, that was just an interview with Bailey Rose, um, an amazing dancer. Check check her out on Instagram, Miss Bailey Rose. Um, you're tuned in to Querying the Air on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris in the studio with Frank. Hello. I just have a few news items to talk to now. Um, I attended a protest this week in solidarity with the uprising at Dondale Detention Centre and the protest was outside Corrections Victoria on Exhibition Street. I'm just going to read out a media release from Shut Youth Prisons Manpartwi um, and this is the media release 9th to the 11th 2018. The title is Alice Springs Families and Residents Concerned for Dondale Kids Demand Children Are Released Home. Concerned family and residents are gathering outside Minister Wakefield's office to demand that she step down as Territory Families Minister and that all children are released immediately from the Darwin Watch House, including the one female child that is housed separately. Those children need to be granted bail so they can be cared for in a trauma-informed and culturally appropriate way. In, Wakefield, in Wakefield's press conference, 8th to 11th, 2018, Wakefield stated the department has already been in touch with families to make sure that people who are concerned with their children or their relatives can have contact. This is untrue. There are families of Dundale detainees here in Alice Springs that have had no contact from fer- territory families. There are concerns that children are injured and have not received medical attention. There are programs such as Bush Mob that have capacity to take those vulnerable children and those children must be bailed to a program that can care for them. Ongoingly, there are communities on homelands that want to create programs for young people to heal in country. Um, this statement will be read out. We, the strong, I'm quoting here, we, the strong grandmothers of the Central Desert region and shut youth prisons demand that Dondale is shut down all children on remand are released immediately and returned to country. 
No charges are to be laid for children resisting inhumane conditions. Tear gassing has been used again by police. Despite the Royal Commission's recommendations banning the use of tear gas and spit hoods, we demand the police are stood down. The guards are charged and stood down. The violence against children stops. The children are listened to. Children have rights to be heard. Children have freedom of speech. Taylor Wakefield resigns. She said, she has said in a press conference that all families have been contacted. We know families who still haven't been contacted. There is an independent investigation into the circumstances that led to the young people's resistance. There are no transfers to adult prisons. The watch house is inappropriate for children. No interstate transfer. Release the children to their families, including the one female inmate being held in a separate facility. Media liaison Merritt McDonald. So that was just a media release from Shut um, Youth Prisons Mapatwi. You can find that on their Facebook page. Um, yeah, it's just shocking, ongoing injustice and genocide here with the Dondale facility still operating and then um, use inside, resisting it, and it being temporarily shut and they've all these young Indigenous people have been moved and it's just shocking how they're being criminalised from such a young age um, by the racist Australian state. So definitely one to keep an eye on and keep pressure on there. Um, another thing that's been happening lately, it's, there's been a few Intersex Awareness Days um, that have happened so I thought I'd draw people's attention as like a non-intersex person to the intersex Darlington statement, which is a really good statement on intersex human human rights that was written in March 2017. And it, and it calls for like an end to forced surgery and the diversity of sex characteristics to be acknowledged and not like erased and violently erased by medical professionals, and it calls for bodily integrity, physical autonomy, and self-determination. Um, another thing that's happened in recent weeks is we've had the Trump, Donald Trump's anti-trans, anti-intersex memo, um, and there's a lot of different responses to it, some of which resonated me- with me more than others. Um, Tourmaline, who wrote, who's, uh, uh, who directed Happy Birthday Master and is a really amazing activist and art maker, um, wrote, tweeted on Twitter that Trump legislating, and I quote, Trump legislating trans people out of existence hopefully reminds everyone that whitewashing trans culture, assimilating trans people into normality and turning a select few trans people into celebrities was never a good strategy to stop state violence. Um, maybe in a future episode we'll talk more about these developments. Um, but now we're, we're going to talk about some upcoming events. 
Thank you, Iris. Um, so since this week will be the one-year anniversary of the marriage plebiscite vote outcome, there's a few events around it that are celebrating. Um, the first is titled One Year of Yes, which will be Evie's Bar and uh, Evie's Bar and Diner on 230 Gertrude Street, Fitzroy, which is actually not far from the Free CR Studios, which will be celebrating one year of the marriage plebiscite vote. It's an all-day party starting from 11.30am and ending late it looks like it'll be a good one uh, another event is Westgate's first birthday also coinciding with one year of yes Westgate is brought to you by closet and fannies by uh, fannies at frannies and will be held from 8 p.m to 3 a.m at the littlefoot bar on 223 barclay street uh, footscray so yeah that sounds like it'll be good um and one last thing next saturday the 24th of november um there is the queer springtime picnic at the Edinburgh Gardens in Fitzroy, which will be starting from noon until seven in the evening. Uh, it's a great event to meet up with other queer people in an inclusive, cool and welcoming environment. Um, so, yeah, it looks like it'll be a busy week. So, um, yeah, uh, stay safe, um, stay cool. And, yeah, most of all, have fun, have a ball. Who's hosting a queer picnic? I... I don't know. <laughs> um, it's it's sort of a thing that's been hap- that that happens uh, happened about a year ago. Um, but I saw it on Facebook. It's a public event, so I thought I'd you know spruik it a little bit. I am planning on going, so if cool. if you're there, say hi. Yeah, thanks for tuning in to Querying the Air today. You can message us on Facebook or Twitter or email us at queeringtheair at gmail You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.